This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Today in the program, we're going to be reviewing Kuala Lumpur City FC's stellar season. They ended up 6th in the Super League and defied the odds to beat JDT to the Malaysia Cup, which is their first victory in over 32 years. KLCFC, of course, a club that underwent a major overhaul at the start of the season under the privatisation era, bringing in coach Boyan Hodak to lead the team, as well as the experienced trio in Shuko Adan, Indra Putra and Safi Sali to bolster the side. With that Malaysia Cup victory, the club have booked their ticket for next year's AFC Cup. And joining us on the program this week, we have Stanley Bernard, the CEO of KLCFC, as we review the season that was. Firstly, I think when I took the role, I knew there was no rule book. Um, basically, there's, there's, I'm the first CEO, so you know there was no precedent. Like I think I said in one of the recent interviews, I had 2,000 things to do. Um, you know, you, you, I'm someone who's, who's, who's familiar with the English Premier League, mm. uh, the European leagues. I worked on contents on them for many years. But Malaysia is unique. So out of the 2,000 things, I had to choose two things. And I focused on it. First, to build a really good team, competitive team. Second, to make sure they get their funds on time. And that is the first two things uh, that I focused on um, and credit to the team. Uh, we punched above our weight. Um, the, the components that help who play the role are massive. Mm-hmm. But as I, as I just mentioned, the two things are really important. First is the team mm. above everything. Um, and then financially, you got to deliver. Yeah. Um, was it hard for yourself, you know, to adapt to this new role? You know, you've, you've, you've been in many shoes before. You've been a footballer, you've been a broadcaster, you've been a journalist, a pundit, and now a CEO. Uh, you mentioned, like you mentioned, you know, you had 2,000 things to do. You only picked two things, but you also said that you had to kind of employ octopus hands, right? Because you were dabbling in so many things that, you know, were out of your uh, usual roles, right? Do you see yourself, Stanley, as kind of like the shield between the boardroom and the dressing room? Uh, I think that is a major, major factor, Daryl. Um, good question. I think um, it's norm in Malaysian football. I used to play here. Mm-hmm. Um, that political powers, you know, top tycoons, businessmen get into dressing rooms. But let me explain. Um, if you just go to Roman Abramovich, he only met Thomas Tuchel after they won the Champions League. That's the first time they met physically. Wow, that's great. Um, you can go check on that. Mm-hmm. But it speaks volume of uh, why they are where they are and why we are where we are. We, we can't lie to ourselves. Hmm. So it's really important that we take the good. I'm not saying that they're, they're perfect, but there is maybe a unique culture in us, but we got to take some things uh, that makes them the elite league in the world. Hmm. So that is what I tried. Uh, it isn't easy. Um, <laughs> it, it isn't easy, but they started to understand. Credit to them. Credit to them. Credit first to them to believe in what I was trying to say, to mm. believe in what I was trying to practice. Mm. Uh, of course, today when we win the Malaysia Cup, everyone feels, oh, that's the right thing to do. Well done. But even if we didn't, I think we punched above our weight. We had good records, sixth in the league, never been done before. Mm-hmm. Even if we made semi-finals only, it was already an incredible. But winning and then obviously beating uh, the best team in 
Malaysia, hands down, everyone knows that mm-hmm. they are top top team. JDP, don't take that away from them. But beating them did probably uh, establish certain principles that were set up in this club or certain disciplines that were set up in this club mm. to continue. Mm. Uh, like you mentioned, Stanley, you know when we last spoke, um, I think the target that you set for the club, in, at least in the Super League, was tenth, right? And then you know, um, as the years go by, it, it got closer. But you personally, you know, settling into your new role, would you say? And you've mentioned, you know, uh, this year, this season has exceeded all expectations, right? How would you review the season as a whole? Um, I, I believe, I think first and foremost is the football aspect. Anyone. Um, and few have um, has asked me about how come in 11 months that results are already shown yeah. 32 years the club mm-hmm. hasn't seen but in in the first year of football privatization in Malaysia um, I'm the first to do it yeah. but the only the only reason I, I can probably say uh, on my own review to it is my focus was first I think I had a massive issue at early season when uh, a coach was offered to me behind my back um, I made sure that, you know, uh, Boyan Hodak was my coach because without a top, top coach like Boyan, you don't win because you need a leader in a dressing room. You need to make sure the, the, the dressing room is watertight mm. in believing in what we're trying to do, a clear direction from my end mm. to the coach and from the coach to the players, to the team, to the administration, um, right down to the kit men and even the, the, the guys who take care of the stadium. Mm. So, if you ask me for review, uh, the only thing I can say is, firstly, I had to deliver financially, um, even though that's actually not particularly uh, my main role because a board should be protecting me, but they worked with me. Um, I took the ownership uh, of that part and then my hands were very much in with Boyan Hodak on the team, yeah. on the club, on the dressing room because I was setting culture. Um, and the second point, Daryl, to your, to your question is the culture. Um, we brought Kevin Mendoza, we brought Giancarlo Galifioco, who's, you know, a little background search on him. You know, he's played for Spurs. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't walk into a dressing room like Spurs and then Swansea. Um, he had something in him. All I had to do was to get him, you know, and he brought immense leadership into the dressing room. And then you got Daniel Pink, who's a bleak mixed blood. Um, we bought certain good local players, Kamal Azizi, outstanding right back, you know, and then we had Nick Sharul Azim, mm. we had Akra Mainan, who had an outstanding season. It was then the mid-season when we went and bought Kenny Palraj, Partiban, and of course, another mixed uh, blood in Ryan Lambert, who's mm. been a revelation. So these are the key components of what we mean about culture because these players are top professionals. Mm. Uh, they don't find excuses. There's a lot of weaknesses in this club, a lot of weaknesses on its first year, but they just everything together as long as we delivered financially they put everything together uh, and put everything on the pitch to produce this remarkable achievement yeah I think I think funding is definitely a major issue right you know KL is uh, historically known to not have that much budget right as compared to you know likes of Slang or even JDT right I guess one big point is that you know it's not so much of assembling a group of top players right but the group of players that work as a unit yeah spot on I think I think you nailed uh, you nailed it in the coffin there eh? when you say it's just not about getting good players. Yes, it's, it's fantastic to get good players, but it takes one bad apple, especially mm. when you've got a huge star player who's outstanding on the pitch, but no one wants to sit in a dressing room with him. Yeah. Then you've got, you know, massive issues. I think we're blessed with a really good group of players who started to come together, but that didn't happen naturally. 
because I can tell you, if I didn't make that changes or Brian didn't make that changes uh, early season to bring in these few names I've just said, mm. then we will have a dressing room which is run by the players. Mm. And that's disastrous because you've got to remember, we've got probably the three most decorated senior players in the country. Today, they're an inspiration to the dressing room. Yeah. But all it takes sometimes uh, is wrong management with these three senior players and things can go passion. Mm. So, Boyan is the key to that. Yeah. Because when he walks in, he's got more titles than them. He's a bigger uh, character than them in the dressing room. Mm. Um, and to win football matches, first, you've got to look at your dressing room. Your, your, your social media, your, your, the rest of the components, your commercial. Their biggest product is your football team. Mm. If they start winning, <laughs> that's your most expensive product. Yeah. So that's where we, we, we put our focus on and today it has paid off. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned Boyan a couple of times and I think many people have seen that little clip from the documentary right, of him going crazy in the dressing room. He just strikes me as an authoritative figure, you know. You know people respect him for, for that, for his successes that he brought. Uh, tell me a little bit about his impact, not just on in the dressing room, but uh, you know, in the, on the club as a whole. Really good question, um, Daryl. Um, he's just not a coach. Just not a coach. That's why that's why I was so ardent in, in getting in him because he's about everything, every little component that probably a CEO needs. Mm. He's almost like a general manager as well. Mm. You know, I'm the CEO and then he plays his role and I'm on top of him. I hold the sporting director role. I hold the team manager role. So we doubled up on everything except the fact that he was not the CEO. Mm. Uh, and of course, I wasn't the head coach. But we doubled up on everything. So what he sees in Malaysian football, he understands the culture. He knows the players. He knows the ecosystem. He knows the organizing body. Hmm. He knows what goes around. There's a lot of things that I can't say here that goes around in Malaysian football. Hmm. You need a coach that gets it, not come in and say, how can that ever happen? Oh my God, I'm shocked. And that's when you know you've got a lot more work to do with the coach. But that doesn't happen with Boyan. Hmm. He accepts it. Uh, he internalizes it with me. And then we find solutions to... Uh, the limitations uh, that we have. Mm. So, he's just a larger-than-life figure for me. Um, we have a very unique relationship, a very professional, unique relationship. But um, I think, hands down, he's the best coach in Malaysian football at the moment. Mm. Um, you were talking a bit about the documentary that's forthcoming, right? Um, do you have a specific date for it where you know fans can watch <laughs> it? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Astro about it. Um, of course, now... That has become, you know, when when I think we had this chat, Daryl, in the year about this. I think no one actually put too much thought into it. Uh, I envisioned this with, with some particular people in Astro. Mm -hmm. They believed in me. I thank them for it. Mm -hmm. um, they know who they are. And today, usually these things are manufactured in Hollywood. <laughs> so now, to answer your question, producing, I mean, I come from that background as well. Producing something like this, you'd want to make sure now you've got you've got a diamond with you. you you want to produce it for the best you want to tell the best story it is one of the best underdog stories to my recollection as a fan you're not as a KL, but as a fan of Malaysian football mm. and you want to put that story across so maybe our release date will take a little bit longer than we thought uh, first mm. <laughs> better not to rush things right <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's it's maybe January oh okay it's maybe January pretty yeah. soon then nice yeah yeah Stanley Bernard, the CEO of KLCFC, as we've been reviewing their stellar season. More of that conversation to come, so just stick around only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9. My name is Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the program, we've been reviewing Kuala Lumpur City FC season with Stanley Bernard, Pandit Tun CEO of the City Outfit. The year saw them round off sixth place in the Super League and lifting the Malaysia Cup on its 100th anniversary for the first time in 32 years. Three veterans of Malaysian football, namely Shuko Adan, Indra Putra and Safi Sali, was and is still part of the City Boys roster. And picking up where we left off, Stanley talks future plans for the trio. So when, when, I, when I took over last year, I spoke to all three and I said to them they are probably on their last year. Uh, and I'd like to have them in the dressing room because I know what they can bring to the dressing room. Mm-hmm. But also in Shuko's contract, in Indra's contract, in Safi's contract, uh, there is us providing them the opportunity to go for coaching badges, which we will fund them and then give them an opportunity to serve the club. That's great. Um, Shuko took it. A fantastic career. What a career. Some people only can dream of a career as such. On your last day, you get to go in in a final, winning the Malaysia Cup, yeah. and you call it quits. Best way to go He's out, blessed. right? <laughs> it's God-given, right? Yeah. I mean, um, so congrats to him. He'll be serving as one of our coaches. He will start as a apprentice under Boyan. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's a new craft. Um, but that's the platform that you get to see an iconic figure continue his career in football. Yeah. Um, with Safi and Indra, both of them are still, I don't know at the moment, uh, purely because I believe they should quit on a high. But players being players, they always have, you know, something with the game mm. you can understand the love for the game but I, I still think we are in discussion but if you ask me I think they should call it a quits on a high and uh, leave on a high but they might have other plans mm. and it's their own future on this it's up to uh, them, but right? if you ask the club from a club perspective we've prepared the platform for them to retire in various segments of football uh, and that's what I love to do I like them I like that I like to see them around I like to see them serving football in a different capacity because they are iconic figures yeah. and this is how you inspire kids and parents to take this uh, this ecosystem the, the football industry seriously yeah longevity right you know even a career post-retirement almost and it's great that you know you guys as a club are providing that platform uh, for you know these veterans of Malaysian football but moving away from the local player Stanley I think one of the highlights of the season or rather the master stroke of the season was you know the performance of Ramo Morales right the Colombian, uh, the Colombian striker who was actually a midfielder, brought in to you know uh, play that number nine role. Um, is it safe to say that he's going to be a permanent fixture at that striker position? Um, yeah, of course. After a season like that, um, I think there's discussions that are ongoing and where he's going to play. Uh, he's going to be with us long term. We're going to naturalize him. Obviously, he will have offers that we got to fight off, mm. but he assigned. Um, and I did this business. I think this is the most important part of the business, which is I didn't sign them after I saw them for Malaysia Cup. I had belief in them from the start. So most of the players we signed were on a two-year contract. Whoever was uh, going out of contract was signed before Malaysia Cup. Mm. So I don't go into a race with other clubs on my own players. Mm. And this is how we save millions because we've already put a contract uh, ahead of them. Or otherwise, they'll be coming now with some contracts which I can afford. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Romel is one of them. Uh Discussions are ongoing. He, he he fancies that number nine role now, of course. But we, we're seeing how we can play him best. He's a player that, again, as the underdog story, he came eight kilos extra. Um, he had a difficult season. It wasn't easy. We worked with him uh, day in, day out. I've worked with him. Boyan's worked with him. 
Uh, there's another particular person who worked with him as well. Psychologically, we worked with him. Mm. And we came to Malaysia Cup. Uh, he was mentally ready. Mm. He was fit. He's 24 years old. Um, and he should, uh, at what level he can play. So well done to him. Credit to him at the end of the day. But uh, it, was, it didn't happen naturally. So yeah. Romel has a fantastic future. He could be a, a Malaysian in a few years' time due yeah. to the FIFA ruling. But I think most important from here is to continue the form and grow from the form that he has produced. Who would you say is your player of the season if you had to pick one? <laughs> I can't. I can't, Daryl. <laughs> because, uh, you know, the, the team we have, it's a team. Yeah. It's a team. Mm. Uh, we didn't have a striker. I mean, that speaks volume. You know, we had um, a, a stable defence. A defence that at the, start, at the start of the season were conceding last minute. Uh, and, and, and every player, you, they have their own story of how they came about this season. So I think it would be unfair but I got to say, if you ask me that the most important person in all of this, it must be Boyan Hodak. It must be Boyan Hodak. That, that I have to say. Mm. Uh, many things will not happen without him. Um, like you mentioned just now on the topic of naturalization, um, Roma Morales is potentially you know, in that list, but also Pablo Jose, right? Um, the skipper of KL Football Club. What's the progress on this? You know? uh, are you guys making it happen? Yeah, I think traditionally in J-League clubs, what you get is the clubs, um, you know, naturalizing players. I think if you remember in 1998 when Japan qualified for the World Cup, they had a few Brazilian players yeah. uh, who played in the league, but only one when uh, I think the left-back Alex played in the World Cup. He was Brazilian, but he was a Japanese. So traditionally clubs around Asia, when you get, you know, top players from South America playing long enough, you want to naturalize them. Uh, it's for the club perspective, it's not for the national team, but it's up to the national team one day if they think the player is good enough. Mm. Uh, we, we have taken our first step uh, and when it's done, uh, we, will have, we will have quite South American flair in Malaysian jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting times indeed. KL CFC uh, for the whole season, you know, it felt more than a football club. You know, it's almost a community of sorts. You know, for the city, um, it basically brought the whole city together for you know at least that Malaysia Cup final, right? You had fans even printing their own match day programs and stuff like that. And you previously said in our previous uh, previously when we, we we had a talk that you wanted you to unite the city through football. I personally think you've done that. Uh, Boyan even <laughs> said that you know the culture of the club is top notch. Um, what are your thoughts on this on KLCFC being more than a football club? Uh, again, I, I think let's take the biggest name. I'm not comparing ourselves to them. We're nowhere near them. That I got to put on the table first. But Real Madrid, Madrid is the capital city of Spain. It unites Madrid playing Barca. It's the same thing. Um, if Kuala Lumpur City starts to to really continue this run, they'll bring their city together because you got to remember. Uh, on one thing around the world, which I, on my own personal assumption of this, right? Everyone has their home city as, uh, or wherever they, 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 their birthplaces as their home club. But if you ask them for a second team, they might pick Kuala Lumpur as their second team because this is where one family member might be earning from. It's the financial hub of the country. So why don't be, why don't you be the second team of an Aden fan of Terengganu, an Aden fan of Kelantan? Because you can be, because you represent Malaysia. Kuala Lumpur City is unique. Mm. It's look when we won. Your uh, again, I thank you for really being generous and kind on uniting the city. But it, th- there's one thing that validates what you said. The Parliament congratulated Kuala Lumpur <laughs> yeah. because it is the federal government. They're they're placed in Kuala Lumpur, and that's why I was saying early on to you, Daryl, when we met, that it can unite the people because Kuala Lumpur is the heart of of Malaysia. Mm. So yeah, it, 
now we've, we've, we've done an underdog story. Everyone loves us. And I just hope every stakeholder in the city who's seen this remarkable night puts their weight behind in, in their own capacity to make this club a really consistent club. Mm. Because we can. Yeah, I think if you keep on the track you're going, I mean, it's your debut season, Stanley. So I think you, um, not not to sound bad, but I think you overachieved in a way, you know, <laughs> if you look at the results. I think so. <laughs> um, something you mentioned too um, in, in uh, previous interviews was, you know, what, what the Malaysia Cup final gave you guys is also the AFC Cup slot, right? And you said that, you know, KL is definitely not ready for the AFC Cup at that level let alone the Asian Champions League, right? And th- that you guys still have plenty of work to do. Uh, this is a layered question for sure, Stanley, but what is needed for the club to reach that, I guess, that continental level of quality? Well, if you, if you go back to bigger clubs, again, I like to take big clubs, not comparing to them, but it's easy for people to relate. Uh, Liverpool, Man United, if you go back somewhere in their history, you'll see how Enfield and Old Trafford became part of the club. It was the municipal council, some mayor holding and wearing the Liverpool jersey on a special night, just thought, next day I want to do something Mm. for the club. Mm. It's the same. You know, um, Man United, 1968 European champions, uh, the mayor must have been wearing, you know, the Man United jersey, then I felt so proud. Mm. And that's how the joint venture came in, and eventually the club became the biggest reason of tourism to the city. There's no different here. What what we need here in AFC Cup is we need infrastructures. We need proper training grounds. We need the stadium to be managed professionally by the club. But with the with the city stakeholders coming behind the club, yeah. and then of course the corporate companies around the city, who are also proud today, and I thank them for it. They've gone on social media to say Kuala Lumpur City is the champions of 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 Malaysia Cup uh, because they're all based in Kuala Lumpur. Now it's for them to put uh, their money where their mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I welcome all of them. Everyone mm. can play a part. Mm. The club has so many segments. Um, we've got four competitions next year. The Malaysian Super League, the Malaysia Cup, the FA Cup, and the FC Cup, and and everyone can get a bit of love uh, in in spreading the the brand awareness of their companies when they come on board with us. So sure. please come and join us, and and that is what it takes for us to be. Look again, I think if I was saying this early season, Daryl, which I never said it, people would think, well, go and achieve it first. Now that we have achieved, I believe we we can be a competitive team in the FC Cup. I have no doubts about it. Um, if you've heard what Boyan was saying, if there's one person who believed in this club, it was the CEO at the start. And I think you heard that from my voice, but many would have had have had many doubters for sure. Mm. But again, in the AFC Cup, as much as we're not ready, in 90 days, in 120 days, we can turn that around. Mm. But I need everyone to come together. And then we'll be a serious comp- competitor in the AFC Cup. Yeah, um, private entities coming on board, but also, like you mentioned, the city council, the city governance, right? Uh, you plan to collaborate with DBKL for things, for the infrastructure of the club, you know, things like training grounds and stuff like that. How, how What's the progress on that? The municipal council, they've been a, a really good major partner. Um, and I thank them for it for many years. But what what I'm trying to push here is revolutionizing the concept of how we work as partners. Because it's really important to move in the demands of top professional football. Not the olden ways of just, you know, you, you pump in the funds or you, you give something and then you hope for the club to do. No, it's more. We hold each other's hands. We do things collectively. On a monthly basis, we are moving towards, uh, you know, a direction, a clear direction to professionalize the club to its highest level that it can. Mm. Um, so that's where I believe that currently we are in talks on that level where I'm trying to put in things that are more modern towards 
how a professional club is run right. and how a municipal uh, you know council can play a part with us because they're really important yeah. uh, especially from an infrastructure point of view mm. uh, from a fund's point of view the club has to work hard on commercial values the commercial assets we have yeah so uh, what i'm getting at is more of a collaboration than you know one supporting the other right spot on mm. uh, stanley um, I'll probably be talking to you at the end of next season as well but if you had to look ahead you know like you mentioned four tournaments that you're going to be playing in 2022 what are your personal expectations for it? Well firstly we've got a very small squad <laughs> so me and Boyan are already in discussion of where where does our priority lie you know what do we want to achieve from these four tournaments that's without a doubt now is priority because mm. we cannot um, you know expect our first team to go and play at every four major tournaments the same way. Yeah. It happens even in Man United and Liverpool. If you go back to Ferguson's era, mm. the Carling Cup that at that time was always the, the cup that he played the youngsters. Why? Because even a, a, a huge depth like that, they couldn't they couldn't um, handle it. Mm. Uh, no difference. Imagine us who are a smaller club. So yeah, priorities. Um, I don't want to reveal it now where our priorities lie. I mm. think it's, it's down to the head coach and of course down to final discussion with me but uh, we do know where we are heading with this but obviously um, I believe I believe truly it's the league that where we want to you know try and put ourselves in a space where we can compete um, I, I said it this year we want to compete we, we finish sick we want to improve on that position um, that's obviously the priority but among the cups of course we go in as a defending champions of Malaysia Cup so there's no two ways about that <laughs> so we've got to choose another cup that is going to be really important to us that was Stanley Bernard, the CEO of KLCFCS, together we've been reviewing the season that was. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the interview, do head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.